Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the Lord's house today for worship. Well, we've made it. It's the last Sunday in the church year. And so it's as if we look back today and look at everything that Jesus has done over the past church year, and it culminates in today. There's really only one thing to say, and that's the whole focus of today. Christ is king. With everything he's done from beginning to end, he's the king. And that's who we worship and celebrate today. Order of service is found in your worship folder or on screen. And let's begin at this time with our opening hymn, 629.
Please stand. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you. We have come to the presence of God who created us to love and serve him as his dear children. But we have disobeyed him and deserve only his wrath and punishment. Therefore, let us confess our sins to him and plead for his mercy. Merciful Father, God, our Heavenly Father, has forgiven all of your sin. By the perfect life and innocent death of our Lord Jesus Christ, he's removed your guilt forever. You are his own, dear child. May God give us all now strength to live according to his will. Amen. And in the peace of this forgiveness, let us praise the Lord. Lord Jesus Christ, by your victory, you have broken the power of the evil one. Fill our hearts with joy and peace as we look with hope to that day when every creature in heaven and earth will acclaim you, King of kings and Lord of lords, to your unending praise and glory. For you live and reign with the Father and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Please be seated. Jesus is the king. Jeremiah 23 emphasizes that God was going to send somebody so different from what the people were used to, somebody who would do it right, somebody who would rule and reign and teach justly in the land. We read, Woe to the shepherds who are destroying and scattering the sheep of my pasture, declares the Lord. Therefore, this is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says to the shepherds who tend my people. Because you have scattered my flock and driven them away and have not bestowed care on them, I will bestow punishment on you for the evil you have done, declares the Lord. I myself will gather the remnant of my flock out of the countries where I have driven them and will bring them back to their pasture, where they will be fruitful and increase in number. 
I will place shepherds over them who will tend them, and they will no longer be afraid or terrified, nor will any be missing, declares the Lord. The days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will raise up for David a righteous branch, a king who will reign wisely and do what is right and just in the land. In his days, Judah will be saved and Israel will live in safety. This is the name by which he will be called, the Lord, our righteous Savior. The word of the Lord. Continue with the psalm of the day, Psalm 95. lesson from Colossians chapter 1. What a powerful king we have. Look at all that Jesus is and has. For he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the son he loves, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. 
The Son is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For in Him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities. All things have been created through Him and for Him. He is before all things, and in Him all things hold together. And He is the head of the body, the church, He is the beginning and the firstborn from among the dead, so that in everything he might have the supremacy. For God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him, and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. This is the word of the Lord. Continue with the end. in the dark A song that lights up the stars One breath that gives life One sovereign and power Who speaks with thunder and fire One Lord One King There is no other that can compare to you You are the one alone in greatness The one who never changes Jesus You are the one who rose in power The one who reigns forever Jesus 
Please stand. The sermon is based on these words from Luke 23. The people stood watching and the rulers even sneered at him. They said, he saved others, let him save himself if he is God's Messiah, the chosen one. The soldiers also came up and mocked him. They offered him wine vinegar and said, If you are the king of the Jews, save yourself. There was a written notice above him which read, This is the king of the Jews. One of the criminals who hung there hurled insults at him. Aren't you the Messiah? Save yourself and us. But the other criminal rebuked him. Don't you fear God, he said, since you are under the same sentence? We are punished justly, for we are getting what our deeds deserve. But this man has done nothing wrong. Then he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Jesus answered, truly I tell you, today you will be with me in paradise. This is the gospel of the Lord. Please be seated for hymn 531. King, our Lord Jesus Christ, your fellow believers. Seven letters of the alphabet. NF, F, NS, and NC. Seven letters of the alphabet, the Latin alphabet, were placed on 
some Roman tombstones prior to Christianity. And I think you need to hear them. This is what those people were confessing. NF stands for non fui. It means I didn't exist. At one point, that person had no body, that person had no soul, they were not conceived and born yet, they did not exist in this world. And that's what NF stands for. The next letter, though, is F. Fui. I existed. One point I was conceived, I was born, I lived my life on earth, I enjoyed life, I lived life to the full, and then I died. And that gets to the third couplet, NS, known sum. I no longer am. I don't exist. You see, this is where what that person is saying differs so greatly and vividly from our religion, from our Christianity. What, what this person is confessing is there is no afterlife. After a life on earth, there is nothing that comes next. And so it's a professed atheism. There is no God. There is no heaven. There is no hell. There is no gospel. There is no hope whatsoever. There's one big, great, big, fat nothing that comes next in life. You cease to exist, which is what carries over then into the fourth couplet. NC. Known curo. I have no cares. In a way, it's saying, I don't care. And it's, whether it's a commentary on that person's state of existence at death, or whether it's a commentary about their life, what they're basically saying is, you have nothing to worry about because if you cease to exist at the point and moment of death, why should you worry in life? Live life without fear. Live life however you want. Have no cares whatsoever because you become nothing anyway. The person credited for this is a man named Epicurus. Epicurus, we're not exactly sure if uh, that man came up with this or not, but it does line up with his philosophy, Epicurean philosophy. And so people ever since have given Epicurus praise for ridding this world of the fear of death and letting people live without fear of what religions say because there are a number of religions that say at the moment of death if you're an unbeliever well then you're going to suffer forever in hell and Epicurus rid the world of fear of, of those types of things is that how it works? put a couple of letters on your gravestone put a couple of letters and phrases in a sense over your dead body and all of a sudden it goes away Poke a little fun, make a little fun of God and religion in general, and, and you get to rid yourself of whatever comes after death. You get to rid yourself of any kind of fear of what might happen, and you just get to live life to the fullest. You get to get rid of whatever your conscience might be testifying to you about. You get to live contrary to this. Join a group, join a group of people who think like that and believe like that because, you know, there's strength in numbers, and you just get to coast through life Believing whatever stuff you want to believe. Uh, that's a 
That's what I call a grave mistake. It's a terrible position for somebody to be in. You know, isn't there a similarity, though, between what those Roman citizens were saying on their, on their stone and what the crowd was saying in Jesus' day at the moment of his crucifixion and leading up to it? Weren't they essentially saying the same thing? To the face of God. God in the flesh. They were basically saying, you don't exist. Though Jesus was right there before him, before them, to the God who embodied love in everything he taught, everything he lived, every breath he took, they were saying, we don't believe you. To the great I am, to whom there is no one greater, and we just heard that in the neat song, they elevated themselves above Jesus. They joined a crowd, they sneered at him, stood opposed to him, stood against him, stared him down, and, and defied their conscience and did what was wrong even though they knew in their hearts what was right. They mocked God who was in the process of redeeming their very lives. And they defied heaven. On top of all of that going on, there was a thief right next to Jesus on the cross who joined the mob. And maybe from a certain Epicurean standpoint, you know, that says live life to the fullest, let's eat, drink, and be merry, for tomorrow we die. That man was going to die very soon. So maybe from a certain perspective, why shouldn't he have had a little fun before he died, right? I mean, his life was going to be over shortly. Why shouldn't he have a few laughs? Why shouldn't he join the crowd and have a few good chuckles before he went out, right? It's not like a person can come down off of the cross and come get that thief who's mocking the person next to him, right? I think sometimes we make that mistake. And it's not a good one to make. Have you ever been in a place in your life where you defied death and you thought death wasn't nothing and death couldn't reach up and get you so that you did something with your life where looking back it was... Whoa, what was I thinking? You put your life in jeopardy for a foolish thing? Have you ever thrown caution to the wind and joined in sin or entertained sin and went along with it and you joined the group that was doing it because you thought, well, if a group is doing it, we're too big to fail. It's not like God can reach out and get every single one of us and bring punishment on us because this group is too big to fail. And so you went in and went along with it and maybe you did get away with it. Maybe the opposite is true too. Maybe from a little different perspective. Though you and I know God is the incredible author of life and the creative creator that he is, have you been in a point in your life where you said to yourself, I'm one big, great, big, fat nothing. My life doesn't matter. God doesn't care about me. People don't care about me. Why should I even care about me? And so you struggled to find meaning in life, care for your life, as if you were going to give up on life, and maybe there are times we have. 
What thieves we can be, just like those criminals on the cross who hung next to Jesus. What thieves we can be, not only to rob God of the glory that is rightfully due Him, but for those of us who know the Scriptures, who know Christ, who know God loves people, loves us. To call into question the, His great miracle care for us in Jesus Christ as if it doesn't exist you need to hear from the other thief on the cross. Look at what he said. The other criminal rebuked him. Don't you fear God, he said, since you are under the same sentence? We are punished justly, for we are getting what our deeds deserve, but this man has done nothing wrong. The criminal invited his fellow criminal to see the position at that moment Jesus was in and to invite him to see Jesus as something more. In the grade school church I grew up at, in the cross that they had in church, right at the top, they had a little wooden sign at the top with four Latin letters, I-N-R-I. And it was an abbreviation, I believe, of Matthew's account that said Pilate put at the top of the cross that Jesus was crucified on, Jesus that's the I. N is for Nazareth. R is for Rex, king of the Jews. That's the last I. Pilate was mocking Jesus in his own way. He was also taking a jab at the Jews. But he was right. This is your king. This is the king. In his worst moments on earth, as he's dying on the cross, and I want you to look closely at him, at the position he's in. This is the one who always existed. This is the one in whom always was life. There never was a time that he was not. This is the king of the universe. Who then miraculously brought his existence by conception and birth into life here on earth. And he lived life to the fullest, not by doing what he wanted to do, not by chasing after the foolish things of the world, but he found true meaning in carrying out what his father's will was. And so Jesus, while on earth, did everything his heavenly father wanted, dotting every I, crossing every T. That's where true meaning was found. And he led that perfect existence of his life to go there, to the most horrific place on earth. Why would he do that? Why would the one who always has known life bring his life here into a place of, yeah, it's hard to find meaning at times. Why would he bring his life here and make it go there? Because there is a heaven and there is a hell after this world. And he knows it. And there is a place called hell that if Jesus doesn't, as a king, conquer this cross, every single sinner, every single individual is going to go to hell. And so he led his life there as a testimony to you to let you see this is not just something incredible, that this is only something God would do, but to not only see that there is a God who exists, but to see in the person and work of Jesus Christ, there's a God who cares. There's a God who cares that he would go there and do 
and demonstrate a depth of love to such a degree. That's exactly what he did. That's exactly what he's doing. He's demonstrating both kingship and care. Don't you think Jesus understands the taunts that are coming his way as he's hanging on the cross near the end of of his life on earth? But it's the job of the king not to save himself, but to save his people. It's the job of the king, historically, from the Old Testament, it is the job of the king not to retreat. It's the job of the king to save. And so in the midst of all of these awful comments and taunts that are coming his way, both from people in front of him and from people both on his sides, Jesus understands that he's done nothing wrong. But it's the job of the king to go to the cross and to be wrong, to be sin for us so that he can win. Jesus understands he could save himself. He could come down off the cross. He could go right after that thief that was mocking him. He could go right after every single person in the crowd. But then who would save you? Jesus understands very clearly that he's paying for sins of people right now who are mocking him. People in the, in the mob people in the crowd who are looking down on him even though he's their Lord. Jesus understands he's paying for the sins of sinners even 2,000 years from when he, when he lived on earth. People today like you and me. Jesus understands that he doesn't deserve this. He doesn't deserve to suffer hell. He doesn't deserve these earthly consequences that, that are happening to him. And even worse, when you look at the future of sinners on earth, how many people is he paying for their sins and they're not going to believe him? And they're going to walk away from him. And they're going to reject him. How many people in that mob that day, all the way down to today, how many people are going to go to hell and suffer for the rest of time, even though Jesus took their place on the cross? And in the midst of all of that, he saves one. He has a gospel conversation with one. And he says, today, and he says this near the end of his life, he's close to dying, today you will be with me in paradise. I I want you to understand something about this. That criminal deserved to be there. That thief had done something wrong in life, not exactly sure what, he stole, he defrauded people, he deserved to go to the cross. He deserved his earthly consequences. And so if he did this against his fellow people and he stole from them or whatever he did, he not only deserved those earthly consequences, but he deserved eternal ones because he also did it against God. And now listen to his prayer and his confession. Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. That criminal saw Jesus while he was on the cross as his king. And what he's essentially praying is, Jesus, when you take up your rule, which I know you will, please don't bar me out. Please do not reject me and forget me and let me be a big fat nothing forever in hell because I know that would be my future. I know there's a hell coming. And I know my sins 
make me deserve to go there. Please don't reject me or forget me because of my sin. Remember me. And look at what Jesus did. That man had a king who both forgave and saved him even though Jesus was in his worst moments. That's the king you have. This is your king. Do you still think your life is a nothing? Do you still think you're not important to the Lord? Do you still have moments you just hope there is a big fat nothing at the end of life because, because your emotion has taken you that way? Will you look at what Jesus is doing right now on the cross, at least in our text? He gave his body for you. He gave his life for you. He died on the cross for you. He rose from the dead for you. He gave every single moment of his life for you. Because the Lord cares for you. Do you still think your sin is, is so big, is too severe, that, that God will bar you out of heaven? That, that you will never make it? Will you take a look at what Jesus did on the cross in this text? He paid your price. He paid my price. He paid your sin in full, leaving nothing out. And he did this for every single sinner for all time. Your sin is completely paid. Do you still think there is no hell at the end of, at the end of life and that that's what's not coming? Absolutely, you're right. 100%. Through faith in Jesus, there is no hell, no consequence for any of your sin for any believer in this room. That's God's gift to you. You get to live your life to the fullest for the Lord because it's been yours since baptism. Christ on the cross paid the consequences of your sin in full. So when you die, the same that Jesus granted this thief on the cross is exactly what he extends to you. Today, on that day, you will be with him in paradise. Brothers and sisters, you have a king. You have a king who stands over life and through faith in him stands over your grave in death. This is the king who will fulfill his promise. He's not only the king of the Jews. That only means this is the exact one God promised. This is the God who fulfilled his word and came and did exactly what God said. This is the king who will save you too. You have a king, Jesus of Nazareth, the king of the Jews. Worship and serve him all your days. Amen. Please stand. We join together in the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all that is seen his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven 
and is seated at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From there he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Lord Jesus Christ, blessed are you, the King who comes to set your people free. While we long for your final coming, we rejoice that you lengthen these times so that many may hear of your saving work and believe. Lord and King, defend all who are imprisoned or insulted because of your name. Come to help those whose Christian faith is mocked as foolish or naive and rescue those who are straying from the faith. Lord of the Church, develop in us a new awareness of the gifts you give us to use in our callings, that your kingdom of grace may flourish. Both in humiliation and glory, you extended your loving hand to the weak and the hurting. Speak to those who are confused and wondering. Defend those who are oppressed and put down. Comfort those who are enduring pain or struggling with sadness. Abide with the aged who are alone as they die and protect pregnant mothers and their unborn children. Mighty King, look with mercy on this land, its government, and all the kingdoms of the world. Relieve us from war, bloodshed, and rebellion. Heavenly Father, today Cheryl Nails praises you for her successful hip surgery last week, Monday. Continue to help her in her recovery. And we join Max and Lindsay Shire in praising you as they welcome their new son, Henry John, into the world. Look on this growing family with your favor and raise up Henry to be yours by grace all his days. Hear us, Lord, as we now pray in silence. Coming King and Savior of the world, keep us faithful to the end as we watch and wait for your return. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Please be seated for the hymn.
please stand. Lord God, our Heavenly Father, pour out the Holy Spirit on your faithful people. Keep us strong in your grace and truth. Protect and comfort us in all temptation. And bestow on us your saving peace. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Brothers and sisters, go in peace. Live in harmony with one another and serve your Lord with gladness. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord look on you with favor and give you peace. Peace.